Welcome to the Wellcast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Welcome to another episode of the Wellcast. My name is Jordan. I am joined by the ever lovely and beautiful lovely Mike and beautiful. Sarasone. Hello. How are you doing today, bud? I'm doing lovely and beautiful. Sweet. And yeah. the mustache elephant in the room is yeah. <laughs> yes. Matt Berg. He's back yes. with us for He's, a second episode in a row. Thanks for having me back. Man, I'm. you guys are crazy. This is the third time. Dude, yeah. You guys are insane. Honestly, you bring the juice, bro. Yeah. And the mustache. It's corn. <laughs> it's corn. <laughs> Anybody who's familiar with pop culture Anybody. would kick out of that. If not, don't worry about it. I have no clue what corn you're talking kid? about. You don't know about corn kids? You don't kid? know about no. corn kid? Oh, I'm terrible. For me, I really like cone. You, you two make me feel old, so. Eh. Is that us or is it a mirror? It's your <laughs> <a> mirror. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> Dude, now you have two people roasting uh, you. <laughs> Matt, I hope you enjoy the next 30 plus minutes. It'll be your last time here. Man, I'm going to take full advantage <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, I love you. Oh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm excited to be back in the studio with these dudes. We're on episode four of four, talking about, uh, you know, biblical sexuality. Yeah. And we've talked two episodes with uh, Denny Burke about the theology, the biblical nature of how do we think worldview-wise about sexuality. Last Last episode, we talked about what is the um, hangups in the church and in the LGBTQ plus community and how do we bridge those gaps? What are ways that we in the church can do better and more of? Yeah. And um, and now we're going to talk about relationships. Right. So the the. the I guess I don't want to say elephant in the room again because that was already that. it. You said the mustache uh, <laughs> elephant in the room. That's true. The non-mustache elephant in the room <laughs> <There you go. laughs> is that we as kingdom people have a balance, right, to live in truth and grace with the people around us. We're yeah. called to be salt and light. Yeah. Um, in the world, and that requires relationship. But there's a tension because we do have eternal truth we hold to. And uh, like you said last episode, God has asked us to love him and love our neighbor. Yep. But loving your neighbor can sometimes be messy, Mm -hmm. difficult. And being a kingdom person, often we feel like we don't know how to do those things and dance in that environment. And so we wanted to talk first about just the uh, LGBTQ plus community, right? We talked a lot about general things last time, generalities. I want to talk specifically, right? Um, what does it look like to build relationships with people um, under the auspice of, uh, you know, being salt and light, loving your neighbor, and something like Romans 2.4, which says that the kindness of God leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. What does it look like to be Christ-like in our relationships? Yeah, I think a big starting point, which for many tends to be the hardest, is proximity. Mm. And actually putting yourself physically in positions to be shoulder to shoulder with people differently than you. Whether that's you going to them or you inviting them over around your table, I think it seems so simplistic, but it's become the hardest because it forces us to get out of our comfort zone and to open up our homes or to go into environments that we wouldn't normally go into because of our own comfort levels. And I think a beautiful place to start, just like with any relationship, is proximity to those around you, getting close to those who think, look, act, vote, 
practice differently than you do mm-hmm. and actually coming into contact with them um, because that immediately breaks down breaks down walls. You'd be yeah. surprised how just proximity to another individual just just shatters those walls. And I would say it's it seems so simplistic, but for many, and I'm speaking for myself, um, it's the hardest because it forces us to get uncomfortable. Well, and it doesn't happen naturally. Like there's so many, I think there's probably people listening now who are like, I would be so open to relationships with, with people who think or act or believe differently than me, mm-hmm. but I just don't have those relationships. And yeah. and I think I would just say it doesn't, ha- it, we are not by nature people who, who have relationships outside of our own ideology. Like mm-hmm. we, we do life with people. Yeah, we're tribal. Yeah. And, and a lot of it, some of it's circumstantial, others of it's just natural. Like that's where we spend most of our time. So of that's course, part of what it means to be human. Right. Yeah. And, and, but the only way that these relationships happen is if we take risks Yeah, and we go outside of our comfort zone, like Matt talked about, and we actually seek out those types of relationships. So if you're hoping that, I mean, maybe they will, uh, it's not a, it's not a hard and fast, like that will never happen. Mm-hmm. But, but usually we're not going to form relationships outside of our own ideology uh, unless we make an effort to do so. Yeah. yeah there's, um, there, I think there's like people around you, right? And so, like, if we're talking about the community, uh, the LGBTQ plus community, I think you have coworkers, you have people at your kids' school, you have people who you run into or brush shoulders with, who are a part of that community. Um, sometimes it takes risk, mm-hmm. right? And but it all starts with priority. Yeah. If you do make, it, if you make, if you want to make it a priority. In order to know people. And here's the thing. Like, I think sometimes people think that you have to, like, you know, relationship will be the only way you can speak truth in some... Like, I think directly to a person, yes. But relationships don't determine what truth is. Sure. Yeah. But relationships will always determine how truth plays out. Mm -hmm. And because I think when you know people who are in that community... It inspires compassion, personality. Yeah. It puts a face to something that could just be an issue or a topic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and you hear a point of view that's different than what you would hear in your normal tribal circles. So, yeah. so you're, you may not agree with it, which is mm-hmm. fine. I mean, you don't have to agree with somebody else's view to love them. You don't have to agree with – I mean, the, the, the world would be an insane place if we had – if we had to agree with every single perspective, we'd be so confused all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but you can you can you can't have a, a complete understanding of something unless you hear it from all different sides. Yeah. And having relationships with other people, whether you agree with them or not, it gives you a different perspective to consider. And maybe you don't agree with them a hundred percent, but you may, it may sh- start to shape the way you see the yeah. whole uh, perspective of the the issue at hand because you're actually uh, engaging with other beliefs and other arguments and other things like that. Uh, I think the, the hesitancy and the danger is if we, if we just have a one-sided argument and mm-hmm. I think through relationships, we get to build a, a more robust argument or belief yeah. or reasoning mm-hmm. for why we hold the beliefs that we do. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think it goes without saying, but that does take a risk. Yeah. You have to, you know, say like, hey, I was wondering if you and your partner would want to come over for dinner sometime. Yeah. Or, you know, like, hey, I'd love to hear your story. 
maybe you and I can just sit down sometime or, and that's, that's very like uncomfortable, mm-hmm. yeah. I think in any way, but I think it is valuable. And yeah. the more I've done it in my life, for whatever reason, people in uh, particularly the gay community have found me to be a safe person Yeah. Uh, for them and have like, I've had a lot of people, some who I didn't even understand why, but they just come out to me. Yeah. And, um, I like, I account that as like a grace from God. Yeah. Um, because I've had a lot of experience now in how do you walk with people and, you know, those who are Christian and not Christian. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I would ask you guys, let's say you take that risk and you sit down with somebody. Now, what does it look like to have a relationship? What does it look like? Because some people may be like, okay, well, I can ask them, but like, what am I do? Like, what's the thing here? What's the point of that? Well, in a lot of ways, I'm still figuring it out. Like, I, I, uh, I have this friend, uh, and she is part of the LGBTQ plus community, and she's amazing. Like, she's awesome. I love the time we get to hang out, and and I love the conversations that we have, and mm-hmm. and you know, talking. I don't want to talk about too much about how that friendship got started, but. But she, um, she just has a lot of questions about the church, and I have a lot of questions about how the church relates to that community. Mm-hmm. And and so I think uh, if she were here, she would say like we're we're still trying to figure out the the you know every because every relationship has risks and every relationship has dangers. And I think the cool thing is it's it's a pretty safe environment that we've we've created to talk through this dif- these different things. But uh, I think one of the things that we've said is we we enter into that relationship with a mutual understanding of grace mm-hmm. like hey i might i might offend you like the i, I start most of my uh statements to her mm-hmm. with that that uh that kind of posture yeah mm-hmm. like hey i'm going to say something and i might offend you yeah. but but that's in my heart and and she knows that and you know it's a it's a relatively new friendship and and so uh, we've been able to to really. I mean, my life has been uh, blessed by getting to to be in proximity with her, and and so in a lot of ways, I've seen the the fruit of just uh, getting to just just getting to kind of bounce things off of yeah, somebody. Yeah, she has such a different, different perspective than yeah. you on some things. In some ways, similar, you know? Like, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some differences, but we, we've we created just that that expressed, right? You can't have an unexpressed safe space. Yeah. Like, it needs to be something that's pursued. Mm. But we've just said, hey, this needs to be, and we have another guy on staff here who's a part of that, and and uh, we've been meeting together, and, and I love my time with them. Like, we meet together, the three of us, and and I, I love my time well, with them. And one of the things that you kind of uh, hinted at is, I mean, that person kind of came across your path naturally. Mm. Yeah. Like, that's, I, my, I'm willing to bet that, like, there's going to be people in any community that you don't want to hang out with. Yeah. Let me encourage you, like, you don't have to hang out with everyone. Right? No. But God will bring people across your path who you feel compassion for, who you feel like a, a mutual sense of care for and a desire to, the Spirit will push you into relationship. I think it's our job to just walk through that door. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say too is is it did come across my path naturally, but it took risk on both sides. Yeah. Like it was it was one of those things where, uh, you know, sh- she reached out and, and was interested in, in you know, getting together and, <laughs> yeah. and talking about things. And I could have just, it was, a, it was an email. Uh-huh. Like we could have just ignored it and gone, I don't know. You know, that's too a lot messy. Of yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. messy. 
but but really it's been a, just such a great blessing in my life and and I know uh, I'm looking forward to even further conversations that we're going to have so yeah. Uh, yeah, that's been an important well, part of what my, were some of the fears you struggled with in that? Uh, when you don't know somebody, uh-huh. you can associate past. We we talked about this in the last episode. Yeah, you can associate past hurts or or past risks with mm. them as well because you 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 camp them. Yeah, like were you in, worried you were walking into like an ambush? Totally about the church or like having to represent some pastor somewhere that did something or said something. Yeah, and I I would imagine she felt the same way. Like mm. I, like I, I there there that first time you you meet, you really have to make an effort to keep to make it a safe space because yeah. you really don't know each other and all you know is their I- ideology. Yeah, and and so for me it was a risk, but. I'm just, I'm glad, I'm glad I took it. Uh, and, and it's like Denny said, you know, Matt, you talked about this in the last episode as well. Like uh, be a friend, right? No matter what, like just be a friend. And that's, that's what, uh, that's, that's what's come out of that. And I think too, in the process of relationship and, and friendship, I think if we're not careful, especially in building relationships and friendships with people in the LGBTQ plus community. If we're not careful, our even starting point in relationship becomes like an otherizing starting point Mm -hmm. of like that person. I'm not in a relationship with this person because I want to be, I view them as a project. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is immediately putting walls. And it's like, you're coming into that. What does anyone want in a friendship to be seen to be known and to be heard. And so what does it look like to really come to those tables as learners of each other? Like Jordan and I in a friendship, I want to be a learner of Jordan and Jordan is a learner of me. And there's going to be times in our conversations where we're not going to fully understand and we're not going to even fully agree, but because he's a fellow image bearer of Christ, I'm going to value him enough the same way Christ values us. And I'm going to still pursue him yeah. in that. Be the friend to someone that you want them to be for you. And sometimes we overcomplicate like, oh, well, and I appreciate even you, Mike, of like just admitting, like, I might say the wrong thing. I might offend you. And you know what? Vice versa. Like, you might say <laughs> It's the wrong more th- like I'm probably going to, <laughs> but, <laughs> like, but it's like, I love you enough yeah. to walk through that mess together. And I'm not going to get up from the table when it gets uncomfortable. I'm going to make a conscious decision to stay and to listen. My comfortability does not dictate our relationship. My value for you does because Christ values you and I'm going to stay. And so I think in the process of building relationships, be the friend to someone you wish they were for you. And rather than waiting for them to be that for you, you be that first. Yeah, you know, like, I mean— just like any friendship, I think a lot of times people kind of categorize this thing. It's like, well, if I never end up explicitly sharing the gospel with them, or if I never end up getting the opportunity, I have to like force it or it's a failure. Or Most friendships in your life, most acquaintances, meetings, happenstances are just seed sowing ventures. Mm-hmm. Like you, you just are, I mean, you cannot imagine, I have a friend who's gay who said like, one of the most effective things you can do to help break down walls is to simply be kind. 
Yeah. Because the all of the fears that you have, people on the other side of this thing have the same fears about who they think you're going to be to them. Yeah. And that kindness can be one of the things that ends up pushing on these places that maybe introduces them to Jesus, which then hopefully then transitions them into a place of being open to talking about their identity and sexuality. Like this is this is a process and messy. And so like my encouragement to people is like the like set your agenda aside and ask the Lord what he wants from you in that friendship like you would with anyone else. Yes. Every single person. I have a friend who is, uh, you know, a heterosexual man, and he sat with me recently, and I had no idea what to do with the hardships in his life. Mm. I had no idea what to do. But what did I do? I just prayed. Yeah. Silently in my head, God give me words for my friend. And he did. Just, God give me words. And it, I didn't solve all his problems. Yeah. I just pointed him to Jesus in a moment where he really needed it. It's mm. it's so interesting to me that you know what you were talking about is is really the church being opposite of the stigma that we carry in the LGBTQ plus community mm-hmm. and the kindness being the opposite, which is hard for me to swallow anyway because yeah. uh, in some ways I think we've earned that and I think in other ways we haven't. But mm-hmm. but but I think the the problem is like that we don't see the opportunity that kindness brings when we're just opposite what they're expecting. Then all of a sudden that throws their paradigm off mm-hmm. and they go, wait, you're different. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to be different than, than the, the stigmas and the paradigm. Yeah. Like I want, I want, I want to enter in and just be kind and get to know them uh, and, and not have every conversation revolve around their sexuality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, w- I want to get to know them. What are their yeah. likes? What are the, you know, grab a, grab a milkshake. I don't my like friend, coffee. My friend said this to me. He said, imagine the hardest sin in your life to give up. Imagine the deepest, darkest places. How often do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Mm. And he's like, if there's somebody who wants to follow Jesus and this is in their life, He's like, I mean, you're one of the few Christians I process with. That's mm-hmm. what he said to me. And he's like, I don't want every conversation. I don't even want people to know that all the time. Yeah. Like, let's just treat them like that's the same as your stuff, yeah. right? And and be sensitive and kind in the way you deal with it. That's it good. kind of reminds me, too, like I think of a good friend of mine. Her name is Rachel Kloss. She's currently a, a missionary in Papua New Guinea, like reaching an unreached people group. And it's so interesting as you hear her process of reaching an unreached people group, they don't share the gospel for the first three, four, sometimes five plus years. They're with this tribe. Why? They spend time learning the language. They learn the culture. They have to build their own house. Mm -hmm. Like they learn all the, they go in being deep learners of everybody there why don't we take that same humility mm-hmm. into our friendships? I'm coming to the table as a deep learner of who you are. Yeah. And you're not a project. You're a person with feelings and likes and dislikes and struggles and deep struggles that just like I have, that I'm I'm not going to share with you what's underneath the surface until I, I have first have established a foundation of trust and love. And then I have an openness to share that. But first... We have to do the long, hard work of developing that foundation of truth, love, and trust with an individual. Yeah. I, I Okay. I want to touch on maybe some soft spots, but you talked about language, right? Like mm-hmm. learning people. 
And I'd be interested in just kicking this around. Like, I think discernment in relationship in any setting is so important, allowing the spirit into any relationship. And, you know, I've had experiences where I've decided that, look, especially when it comes to this community in particular, I don't always know how or what I'm walking into. Mm -hmm. And so I let the Lord dictate to me how he wants me to show this person hospitality. And, you know, recently I had an interaction with somebody where I they're non-binary and uh, and they are they said it was a deal breaker for them relationally that people recognize that. And so I had to ask my question, do I want influence in this person's life, although I don't agree, or do I want to choose my principle of gender binary? And I chose influence. And so I chose the hospitality in that moment to call this person what they chose to be called. And that, that person is not a believer. That person does not share the same biblical worldview I do. That's probably a different question maybe we can get to. But I did that, and I'll tell you, because of the relationship we've formed over time, I have been able to, in crisis and in regular conversations, share the gospel with this person in ways that nobody has ever done before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they'll accept Christ. I don't know if that'll be a part of their story. But I've, I felt like in that moment I was being obedient. And so, like, I mean, I know that there are people, you know, we heard from Denny. He's like, we do, you cannot, um, you cannot uh, call somebody by a gender that they choose. It has to be assigned. And for me, I think that's, I don't know. I, I just would say, like, that's a little bit, we're kicking around here at the well that, like, maybe sometimes that's a little more nuanced. How do you deal with that as a person, as a pastor, as a friend, as a family member, right? Like, because I don't know that I would have that same posture with my own kid where mm. I'm like, I don't know that I can just call you whatever you want. You know, I'm still going to love and accept you no matter what. But that's really hard for me. I don't know yeah. how I would deal with that when it's inside my own house. So I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, these are this, this discernment thing. Like, what do you guys think about, like, letting the Lord speak to how rather than kind of painting a picture of how you interact clearly with every single person – letting the Lord speak into exactly what you think they need in that moment. Yeah. I, I love how you, the way you've articulated it is like spirit discerning moment by moment. It's like, this is a, in these conversations and in the reality of them before, like I'm going to walk step by step with Jesus in it. And in that conversation of, of, pronouns this is something like fairly recently that me and my wife were having a conversation over the breakfast table where we're kind of going back and forth of like what if our daughter like she grows up and she's like ah, here are my pronouns how would I respond what I w- would I respond differently to someone who wasn't my 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 child and I think where me and my wife have landed is like hey if me making the conscious effort, to show a respect if uh, and a kindness to you in honoring a pronoun, and that gives me a place in your life to continue to love you and, and put Jesus on display, I'm, I'm going to do it. And I, I'm also trying to weigh, do I want to continue to walk with this person? Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm going to do what I can in line of what that is. So I would agree with you. I, I would honor, at this point in, in my understanding— to an extent, I would honor the pronouns. Absolutely. 
Hmm. I, I think. Hey, what do you think on that, Mike? I think I I I struggle with. Well, I I don't. Again, I I use the word struggle more than I probably should. I I'm proce- I process through this, and and I think that where I land is I I don't I don't want to. I don't want to put more emphasis on it than I think it necessarily needs. Cause I do uh-huh. agree with Denny. I think pronouns are not an issue most of the time. Yeah. So like I used, I, I typically you mean like in that you just use people's names yeah. and get around it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I use people's pronouns that they were given by God. So I use their biological gender to refer to them in, in conversations now we are in. We have a luxury of not needing to worry about that in the workplace. Uh, some people do. Uh, we don't. Uh, yeah. You know, here at the well, we we don't need to worry about that. We don't have our pronouns on our email signature or anything yeah. like that. But some people do. Mm-hmm. And and so, I, I, what I appreciate about this conversation, and Denny mentioned it uh, from the stage, is I think this is an open-handed issue when we talk about this where Christians get to wrestle. Like God doesn't come in and say, hey, you need to talk about, you need to use the, these pronouns. Mm-hmm. Right? That, we take biblical principles and we we allow that combined with the Holy Spirit to dis, to create a discernment in us and how to how to move forward. And, and I really, I actually really appreciated Denny's take on this. Like I think when it comes to to names, which I think are more important, uh, it's more important to decide how you're going to proceed for someone who uh, who chooses a different name. Uh, one thing that I know is most names are, are are gender neutral. It's not like pronouns, right? So uh, he is a male pronoun, she is a female pronoun. Well, what do you do with Dylan? Right. I mean, Dylan is a male and a female name. I know guys and girls that are named that. And and so for most names, there's now a a there's not an issue with yeah, that. My name's Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. <laughs> right. I mean, I know uh, my one one of my good friends has a daughter named Jordan. And, and so my my daughter, uh, we, we've got an Ashton. Steve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, OK. Yeah, Bruce. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, but but my point is, I don't think it's as big of an issue in most cases. Yeah. Where it becomes an issue is the closer those people get to you. Mm-hmm. Because you, like Denny said, you likely knew them as something else. That's an issue no matter how close they are. And that's when you have to decide what to call them. When you knew them as something else mm-hmm. and then they changed their name, that's really hard yeah. for me. Because mm-hmm. that carries with it. You can't get around that. And so for me, I'm just going, what do I... Here's here's my heart in this is I start to ask the question, how do I love them without affirming the yeah. unbiblical thing that they've done? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because because I this is outside of God's design. Uh, I don't want to be hateful, but I also want to to love them and I want to care for them and I don't want to affirm what they're doing. And I, I think that comes through conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, think that the relationship is at the dead center of this say, conversation. So that's so, the banner. So I think what I would do is I would go to this person and I would go, Hey, look, I love you. I'm willing to call you 
what you want to be called. We have autonomy over names anyway. I could go change my name tomorrow if yeah. I wanted to. I could be I could be James or I could be John or I could be Mark or Luke. I could be you, any of the, uh, the, a the beautiful gospels. Yeah. I could be any of the gospel <laughs> yeah. writers that I want to be. I just have to go to the courthouse and change my name. So I will I will call you what you want me to call you. But I want to have a conversation just to let you know that for me, I I, I this is out this is outside of God's design. I'm going to, I'm going to love you. This is maybe, I'm not going to talk about this all the time, but I just want you to know me calling you. Like, I don't Uh know the words I'm going to say, like I would rely on the Holy spirit, but I want you to know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to honor you in calling you what you want to be called. You know, I've had this exact conversation twice. Yeah. And, um, both times I did the same thing. I I chose different wording. So my wording, my wording was, I will call you what you want me to call you. You should know that based on my Christian worldview, yeah. that is hard for me yeah. mm-hmm. because I do believe God made you one totally. way. But you should know that I being uncomfortable for the sake of loving you is actually a big thing for yeah. me. Yeah, And I want you to know that me doing that, being uncomfortable, not understanding, but still loving you is a symbol of how much I do care about you and how much our relationship is valuable to me. I think that's a good that's a good way to put it. I think yeah. your your wording is is wise and and for anyone who's listening, I would encourage you pray about it. Yeah. You know, don't just go into those conversations and and wing it, you know, and <laughs> yeah. like I was just doing on the podcast. Yeah, like, cuz in the flesh you're 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 going to I mean, you might say the wrong thing either way, but in the flesh the heart's not going to be there. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's the way I go. I would, I think I would approach yeah. it. Yeah, again, it's just that process of like, in that uncomfortability, I love you enough to walk in that with you. Yeah, like I'm not gonna be like, okay, we d-, and I think we've hit it on even the last podcast. Understanding doesn't mean like love or agreement. Like even though I don't fully understand, and I don't agree, I'm still gonna walk in this in uncomfortability mm-hmm. because I deeply, deeply, deeply love you, yeah. and I want to walk with you. And still be in relationship with you. Yeah, you have to ask yourself the question of like, what what do you want the end goal of this conversation to be? Yeah, yeah. Are and I don't know, man. I don't understand people who are willing to break relationship over that. But that's your conscience with the Lord. Yeah. And so, like in my mind, I it, I do not feel um, if this person is not a believer, if they are not a follower of Jesus and want to walk in His way in His kingdom. I do not feel okay cutting off a Christian relationship for the sake of something that seems to me like it is a product of something other than Jesus. Yeah, and and this this conversation that we're having, it has broader implications, right? We're yeah. talking about it in the context of our series on biblical sexuality, a hundred percent. But it it really it's it. it, it it intertwines with with this division in our country. Yeah, we're I mean we're in deep waters, right? Yeah, I think the world we live in right now is so divided. Yeah, politics and and race and gender and I mean there you could go on and on and on about yeah. the, the division, and I just think you know this it, it this isn't just a biblical sexual sexu, sexuality conversation yeah. but it, it is yeah but, let's take right. these principles and maybe like back them out a little bit to the wider how do you live because we're i mean if we're talking about like dispositions right i think it really is helpful to understand that like uh i had a mentor one time who told me that like if you're all truth and no grace that's mean yeah if you're all grace and no truth that's meaningless yeah so that's how good. do you be meaningful 
Yeah. What do you do and how do you not compromise but find balance yeah. in this world where we're so divided? Yeah. And we take our cues oftentimes in the church from the world on how we're supposed to be divided. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I think it... Uh, the reason why I think it's interesting is it's relationships. Like that's obviously that's the theme of this yeah. This, yeah. this episode. But but I want to tell a story. I was a, I was a young pastor, uh, and I was uh, leading a youth group in in Simi Valley. And in one of my one of my sermons early on, I made a statement that to this day I regret. Um, and you know we're we're human. We're, we we are not perfect, and uh, there are times we're not even perfect in the pulpit. You mm. think we are? We're not. Mm. But I, I told a group of high school students that I didn't think, and and I'm gonna maybe I'll get some flack for this, but hopefully I'll redeem myself as I talk <laughs> through the story. You're just a person. I I didn't think Democrats could be a Christian. Now I was a. I was a product of the circles that I, I didn't know any Democrats. Mm. Like I, I just didn't like, there wasn't any, everybody voted the way I, I voted like in, and the those con- are all the people you knew. That's yeah. You grew up in. Yeah. And, and you know, that's the rhetoric you hear, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, from the, the Uber conservative, you know, people in the church is like, mm-hmm. well, if you, if you could vote a, a certain way, how, those aren't biblical values and, yeah. and they, they only see one side of it. And, but then when I come to, uh, a place where I, I get into relationship with people who vote differently than me, maybe they're not Democrats, maybe they're independents, maybe they're, uh, you know, uh, different, you know, third party, they vote third party, whatever, whatever they are, whatever they vote, you realize that's not a condition of the gospel. Mm. Like we, it's so easy for us to want to tie all of these ideologies to the, to whether or not somebody is saved. And I, I look back on that with such regret because for those high school students, I misled them in what the gospel is. The gospel is grace alone through faith alone in Christ alone. And, and I tied something else to it. And so all that to say is, is I think the church does that as a whole, right? And, and if we continue to do that, we're going to push people away from Jesus because we're saying you need to, to be Jesus plus all of this. Yeah. Yep. And, and really, it's just, it's just Jesus. It's, mm. it's, it's grace alone through faith alone in Christ mm-hmm. alone. That's it. And yeah. so that's, one, that's, that's probably my biggest regret in ministry that I've had in, in the last 12 years. So for me, it, it all comes down to relationship and proximity, getting to know people, hearing about their faith. When did that like shift for you? I, I think it, it shifted when I moved here to Fresno. Mm. To be honest, I mean, I, I think I just met people who caused me to question that. <laughs> me. Yeah. Yeah. But well, and, and, Some people and like others, me. right? Yeah. I mean, there are other people here uh, and, and really being at a church that says, I don't care how you vote. And that's what our church, that's, that's, that's yeah. our public face to the community. Mm-hmm. Because if you say Democrats can't be Christian, then first of all, how ignorant of a statement did I make? And, you know, and, but, but also you're push, you're, you're literally turning people off to the gospel before they ever hear it. Yeah. yeah. And so for me, it was coming to a church that said, look, we're going to be about the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're going to be gospel centered and that's what we're going to do. And I just think as a, as a people that. That's what we should be. 
we have to be that. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be gospel centered and we have to allow everything else to be shaped by the gospel in whatever way God chooses to do that. Uh, you know, I'm, I am a, we, we, we've talked about it, you know, privately, but I'm, I'm a big pro-life guy. Like for me, that's a big deal. And, and I know other people who are pro-life Democrats and they have other issues that are really important to them mm-hmm. or they don't like a certain political candidate, so they're not going to vote for them. And mm-hmm. this is, we, we like to, I, I say this all the time. It's so important to me. We love to take complex things and try to make them simple. Mm-hmm. And, and we just can't do that with everything. Let yeah. things be complex. Let things be complex and stop trying to find simple answers to complex problems. It's good. And even as I'm hearing you talk, like one, I just want to affirm, I think you, you redeemed yourself. I don't think you you need to. (laughs) And I think it takes guts to admit our past mistakes and then put them in light of the truth of the gospel and grow. Well, I did have to have a last 10% conversation with one of my students about a year ago, maybe two years ago. uh, And uh, I did her wedding. Wow. And so like the cool thing is you're not defined by your mistakes. Right. Yeah. But, but at the same time, like it's, it's good to go back and yeah. make amends for yeah. those mistakes. that and, you. And I think there is the gospel and the truth of Jesus and looking at how we love people. Well, it's like, man, if I'm not careful, I can communicate value to someone by what they do, not who they are. Mm-hmm. It's like, you need to be doing this, this, and this, because I do this, this, and this. And if you don't fit those things, your value is less. And Jesus looked at us and says, despite you doing this, this, and this, I love you because you are mine. And I'm going to pay the ultimate sacrifice so that you might experience the abundance of life because it's not a measure of what you do your value to me isn't a measure of who you vote for. Your measure is value based on what someone is willing to pay for. And Jesus paid it all. And so in that, I'm going to fully embrace that someone's value is not dependent on what they do in the laundry list that I've created. Their value is dependent on who Jesus says that they are. And they're created in the image of God, complex and all. And I'm going to meet them in that. Yeah. And, and Will we mess it up down the road? Absolutely. Praise God, there is grace for that. Praise mm-hmm. God, there is grace for that. But man, your value in who Christ is is worth it so much to me that I'm going to walk in the uncomfortability, even if I say the wrong thing, I'm going to repent for the wrong thing, and we're going to walk in, in that repentance because that is a relationship. That's what a relationship is. It's messy. Yeah. No, there's no perfect relationship. I, like I, You can't find one, right? But... I'm going to walk in that mess with you. We're going to do it together in the mess, in love, in grace, in truth. Let me uh, encourage everyone as we wrap up just on a couple things. The first is I would encourage you just to think about your own disposition. We all start different places on this sort of grace and truth uh, spectrum or, or line here. And so if it's a sliding scale, where are you? And ask yourself, like, where do you need to be pushed towards on mm. one side or the other? And what the gospel means for you, right? Does it mean more truth? Does it mean that you have to or you should be more sure about who you are in Christ and that you you need to take more of the opportunities to share Jesus with the people around you than you typically would and be more brave and bold in those places in a kind and loving and hopeful way? And 
over here, you know, where God is calling us to compassion and to love people into him, do you maybe need to let go of some of your soapboxes for, for in different mm. situations yeah. and land more in a place where your kindness and your compassion leads people to repentance in a way that's supernatural and you can't control? Mm-hmm. Um, and is it more important for you to be right than loving at times? Oof. And so um, let me encourage you just to kind of evaluate and weigh your heart. And then finally, I would say, remember that we are salt and light. So, um, and at times when the church does either one of those things, we lose our saltiness, right? Mm. We lose the ability to give the light of Jesus to the world. And so ask yourself, what is at the center of who I am? Mm-hmm. Because oftentimes it's a displaced identity, which creates these unhealthy dynamics. Mm. If Jesus and his balance, I'm not saying compromise, his balance is at the center of who you are you'll know in his spirit how to navigate these difficult relationships and conversations with people who are very different from you on the surface, but underneath we are all the same, broken in need of a savior. And so do so uh, in the light and grace of God. And so uh, as we wrap up as usually, uh, or as usual, uh, we're just going to encourage you guys to do a couple things. So please subscribe to uh, the Wellcast, it, it really helps us. Uh, we it's a good we, listen, but Do we also it. think that we hope more people on, uh, on whatever platform are able to listen and take the time to share it, please, on social media. If you like what you hear. Share it with others. Um, we do think it's valuable, and we hope that people get to learn from our own experience, whether good or bad. Mm. So thank you, guys. Uh, love you, mean it, and we'll yeah. see you next time on the Wellcast. Adios. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about the Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.